Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Off and running, another episode of Believe in Kentucky, live streaming on Facebook, Twitter, Aaron Gershon of the Cats Paws coming to us live from Duval, the Cats get ready for Clemson in Jacksonville and the Gator Bowl, the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl, former UK quarterback, courtesy of the highlight, said he wasn't even running fast when he made that play, <laughs> Jalen Whitlow. My name is Vinny Hardy. Guys, how y'all doing this evening? Good, man. Can't complain. Can't complain either. You just got uh, to Jacksonville about an hour and a half ago, so uh, we'll hit the ground running tomorrow morning. But uh, it should be a lot more fun of a bowl game than we had last year, so that's good. Tennessee gets to deal with Iowa now, so they can go yeah. ahead. And- <laughs> yeah, they, I know uh, the quarterback they're starting tomorrow, uh, Nico, is a you know top top prospect, five-star guy, but uh, kind of a similar situation where a guy's going to have to make his uh, debut against that defense. So that uh, that's going to be interesting. Uh, let At least they get to do that in sunny Florida, though. Like Nashville, yeah. nothing against the folks in Nashville, the Music City Bowl, but it was cold, it was cloudy, it was depressing, and then the game was depressing and boring and awful. So uh, at least they'll do that thing in Orlando. Your boy Gaston might get some run, too, Jalen. Yeah, I was just on the phone with him uh, the other day for a while, man. He was, he kind of broke the news to me before um, every, anybody knew about the Joe Milton thing. He was like, "Yeah," he was like, "Joe Milton is at practice. He's he's dressed, but he's not doing any team." They they wanted to wait to the last minute for game plan and reasons to, uh, you know, kind of announce that Nico was going to be the starter. But yeah, he may get a shot, man. I hope he get a shot. Like you said, Nico going in his first game is against one of the best defenses in the country. Um, uh, you know, <laughs> that could get tough for a freshman sometimes, man. So, yeah. uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Hopefully get a chance to play because I know, um, you know, it's going to, you know, it, it's going to it's gonna help him out uh, with just his overall development and uh, moving forward. You're right, Aaron. Just a, a distant weight situation all over again. For yeah. Throwing, yeah. A, throwing a green quarterback out to that nasty defense, boy. Yeah, I mean, off the deal, they have a lot of great players. Uh, I think Cooper DeGene, is is he back from injury? I know he got hurt. I'm not sure if he's back for that game, but uh, they don't, at least he doesn't have to deal with Jack Campbell. Uh, that dude uh, was a certified baller, obviously first-round pick uh, this past draft. So, uh, yeah, but uh, he's going to have his hands full. That Tennessee offense will have its hands folded. But it's just such a – that's such a weird matchup, man, with the Tennessee and that high-flying offense and that pace against Iowa who can't move the ball five yards. So uh, we'll see We'll see what happens. Also, but, by the way, real quick, speaking of first-time starting quarterback, whoever this quarterback for USC is just threw his fourth touchdown in the first half against Louisville. He is Lamos. the Carlos. Yeah, he's, he just threw – that had to be a 45-yard bomb into the end zone for a score oh, right here before that time. So uh, credit to them, and uh, Louisville is who we thought they were. 
Yeah. So what's the score as we speak? It's going to be 28-14 heading into half. Unbelievable. So, yeah. And congrats to Neil Brown for getting the Mayo dub. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I got that. Jill, yeah, you've been around. How do you think he handled uh, getting Mayo dumped on him? I didn't see it. I, I, I didn't no, see I'm it. saying just you know Neil Brown. How do you think he would have reacted to something like that? Because oh, you, were, uh, you were with him in 2013, right? Yeah, yeah, in 2013. Um, shoot, man, I, I know. I mean, I mean, he was – he was like as on the hot seat as you can be on the hot seat. I mean, you yeah. know, fire was creeping on him. And uh, you know, to go nine and four, man, you can you know, I'm sure he's yeah. happy to have some mayo dumped on him. I mean <laughs> he, he, I mean, you for you go from, you know, like you're probably gonna get fired if you go, you know, six and six or whatever, or or five and seven, you're probably gonna yeah. get fired. And he rattled off nine wins, so that's right. Yeah, I'm sure he'll he'll take all the mail he can get. <laughs> <laughs> that's true, that's true. So uh, you got Neil Brown doing his thing. Uh, John Summerall moves from Troy to Tulane, so the, the Stoops tree got some some good stuff going on. So uh, yeah, you know that's a little bit of some old news, but you know we didn't mention it on here with, with Summerall moving from Troy to down yeah. Nolan's way. But, yep, uh, another place yeah. where he's been an assistant. So both of his head coaching stops so far have been places he knows. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a certain school that's added to that list one day that uh, we happen to talk about every Wednesday. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. He'd be the first one in the Rolodex, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Uh, we're coming to y'all live on the Believe Network. We're live streaming on Twitter and Facebook. On YouTube, believe.com, B L E A V. Follow us there. Believe in Kentucky on Twitter. Subscribe to the YouTube page, like the Facebook page, follow us on Twitter. All that good stuff. Appreciate everybody that's you know, taking the time to check us out. We got merch as well. Get your stuff a cat daddy. We'll get that. Got, uh, I'm holding it up a little bit sideways. Cat daddies. Got the blue, got the white, got the gray. Go to B L E A V.com, believe.com, and get yourself a cat t-shirt uh, go with all the rest of your uk gear fit right up there in the closet with all your fits and add yourself a cat daddy shirt to that as well uh we had coordinators talking we had liam cohen talking we had ripper talking we had Eli cox talking your thoughts on you know the up aaron you've covered these bowl games before you've covered the lead up to the week and getting back into football and the training camp Summer camp 2.0, if you will, with extended practices and all that. And, you know, you get a little time off and then you get to, you know, jump back into it. Well, what's the vibe y'all been getting from what y'all heard and kind of feeling leading up to this game? Yeah. yeah, I didn't get to catch anything today, but from what I listened to um, from there on uh, on Tuesday and then from, you know, when they were talking before uh, back home in Lexington is they they're pumped up for this one, man. I mean, a chance to play a name brand like Clemson uh, has definitely added a lot of juice in that building and they all kind of want to go prove themselves against that name brand. Sure. Clemson is eight and four this year, but uh, this is their, I mean, eight and four is their worst record in 12 years. And that's still a pretty damn good record. Uh, they won their final four games uh, down the stretch. So they're a hot team. Uh, I know they have, 
quite a few guys out on defense, but offensively, outside of the wide receiver, uh, Bo Collins, they're in really good shape. Uh, they're two running backs who are both really good players, are healthy. Their offensive line, they might be without uh, – they're starting, I think, left guard due to injury. But other than that, their offensive line that was really good this year is intact. So the defense has its hands full, and that's a big opportunity for everyone on this team to prove themselves. And I think that's why you see the opt-out numbers so low. Uh, Kenneth Horsey and Jeremy Flax are the only two starters who are not playing, and that's both, I think, definitely with uh, Flax, I've heard, is due to injury. And then Horsey, you know, six-year guy, has been through a lot. He's been banged up this year, obviously. I don't I don't know off the top of my head how many games he's started, but it's only been like four or five Um so I don't blame him at all for sitting this one out. But other than that, man, like Ray Davis playing, Andrew Phillips playing, Trevin Wallace playing, uh, all the guys who probably have the best chance to get drafted uh, in April are suiting up because they want to they wanna crack it a name brand and be able to say they beat Clemson. Yeah. It's interesting to me when you look across, you know, college football, and there are some schools who are really, really good at retaining their talent for the bowl game. Uh, yeah. Ole Miss only ha- only has one guy that's not playing. Iowa was I, – I know the bowl game I was just bashing how terrible it was, but I was great at that. Yeah, yeah. And and Gaston was just telling me uh, how, you know, <laughs> he said they won't have any outdowns. You can just – you know, it's just – it's a cultural thing, man. And, you know, I say that, but at the same time, I'm sure Georgia has a really good culture, and they they got a lot of guys not playing. So, yeah, you know, it, it, it's just, been hurt. Can't really. Yeah, that. yeah, and it's it, it, it's a case by case basis when it comes to the team. So I get it, but you know, I, I'm excited to see what happens. I think this, and I've been telling you guys since I we found out that Clemson was the team that, that they were playing. I was like, this is a uh, this is an interesting matchup. You know, yeah. a very interesting matchup. So. I think this game could go a lot of different ways, personally. You know, I'm anxious to see how how it goes. Uh, You know, I know from a quarterback perspective that, you know, Clemson kid has been playing – he's been playing solid. He hasn't been playing bad. Like I said, yeah, they struggle in the red zone like we talked about. Um, You know, but from Kentucky's quarterback perspective, you just want to see the guy have a good game uh, in his last outing. You know, know, I kind of want to see that. I want to see, you know – some fireworks from the offense. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a bowl game. This is it. You know, like you said, there should be no call left on the call sheet. Let it, you know, let it all hang out and, and let those guys go out there and play. But like I said, they did retain a lot of guys. Uh, I think Kentucky's the better roster going into this game. So, um, you know, when it comes to their starters being intact, you yeah. know, I think, uh, you know, so that that's a huge, that's a huge plus outside of the two offensive linemen, obviously, but, you know, I, I just think, you know, uh, based on what Liam said, he liked the energy. I mean, guys, you know, came back ready to go. They came back, you know, looking pretty solid on the first day back. And that's always interesting, man. You know, when when guys go away from for, for a couple of days during the holidays, you just never know what you're going to get. Everybody's eating cake and pie and, you know, all types of casseroles. And you come back and you got to, uh, you know, you got to get back on it and start practicing. So that's always tough. But, you know, it makes you to see how it goes. I think, you know. Stoops, his track record shows that he typically does a pretty good job at getting ready for these bowl games. Um, yeah. So, you know, let's let's see how how this thing unfolds. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, like Liam said, Clemson is you know SEC ish yeah. defense. You know, and 
and you know we've we know what they've done in the past and 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 like what Ripley said, it's all about the 60 minutes Friday afternoon as well. So I, I get both sides of it. Uh, but these guys know, have seen them at their absolute peak. So uh, they didn't do that this year, but they still got, you know, kind of a pretty good residual from what they've done recently. So it's going sure. to be fun. And it's, it's the nice notch in the belt to beat a team like that for the Kentucky program. Yeah, it's a little, I mean, I guess from an opponent perspective, I'd say it's pretty similar to that Sixers Bowl against Penn State. You know, yep. uh, you know that Kentucky team, you know, you really wanted them to get to that 10-win mark because it hadn't been done in 41 years. So I get there was more, it wasn't as much about the other team, but I think it would go a long way. People would be talking nationally if Kentucky beats Clemson. It might be a lot of negative Clemson stuff rather than positive Kentucky stuff because uh, we all know that, they love to jump down uh, uh, Davo in that program when things aren't going right, but uh, it would be it would be a needle a needle mover mover for recruiting for this 2025 class that now you know is going to be the focus, and then maybe even some more transfer portal addition uh, that might come up in January or when that thing reopens after spring practice, and it would be a nice springboard. I mean, look, uh, as Kentucky's gotten to the past the point of where going bowling is is a huge accomplishment because it's been eight years. You want to see them take the next step, play in a New Year's Six, compete for the SEC championship. But um, eight wins, if they get to that number, I mean, that would be the tied for the third best year in the Stoops era. They won 10 twice, and they won eight uh, the year they won uh, the, the belt bowl against Virginia Tech. So you have a chance to do something that's only been done three times in this Stoops era, and I, I haven't gone through and looked at the history, but uh, Kentucky football eight-win seasons, there aren't that many. Uh, so, look, the season still hasn't gone exactly how you wanted. You got the rivalry win at the end of the regular season. That was huge, and you have a chance to make it two really, really big, important wins that look pretty good on a resume uh, to finish out a year that maybe you're not too happy with. Yeah, I've said it the earlier. Uh, Michael Jordan had that, that famous quote when he was back at UNC. He said, the ceiling is the roof. And I'm not sure what he meant <laughs> by that. I don't know if, if whatever, he slipped the tongue. But it used to be, you know, 20 years ago, you would pray and hope to see seven and five. That was five years ago, Vinny. <laughs> that was the, five years ago. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that was a lofty ceiling. That was a house with 10-foot ceilings. You know, woo, man. And now you have a season where it doesn't go as planned and the floor is 75. Right. And you're two plays from nine and three or legitimately they're still, it, as crazy as it sounds, they still could have won 10. The Missouri game, the Tennessee game, and South yeah. Carolina. You well, still yeah. – they, it is they, not crazy. It's not crazy talk to say no. that, you know. No. So that's the transition to where you're disappointed, but seven and five is like okay. You you drop down to seven and five instead of maybe one day we'll get to seven and five. It's 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 way up there and hard to reach. So it's that's that's still quite a turnaround even though a lot of people might not want to see it or want to get uh, overly frustrated or whatever. It's, you know, it's a process still. Yeah, I was just watching USC and um, uh, Louisville. 
Louisville. And, you know, Joel Clatt was on there saying how, man, it's, man, it, we get caught up in the Georgias and Alabamas and they win 10 games every year or 10 plus. And it's easy to kind of get jaded by that and say, you know, why can't my team win 10 games? That, that stuff is hard to do. 10 games is a big deal. Like in college football, and that's, I, I kind of dislike the 12 team playoff for this reason because you're almost forced to be perfect, right? Yeah. To really go where you want to go when it comes to a BCS championship back in the past and then a playoff. You, you almost have to be perfect. Uh, and everybody get caught up into that. Like if an NFL team loses, you know, seven games, you know, or six games, that's really not a it's really not a that's a that's a great season. You know, that's a that's a great season. So, you know, when a college team lose two games, you know, or three games, and now everybody's looking like, man, what are they doing? You know, so I just think it's funny, you know, but I, it's it's the reason why college football is so great because you have to be perfect every Saturday. Um, and it's really, you know, it's really competitive in that way. Uh, but you know, again, winning eight games, winning nine games is extremely tough to do. Um you know, at Kentucky, and for them to have done that and surpassed that, won ten games a couple times. Um, like I said, you know, there's probably going to be a statue made pretty soon. You know, because that that just don't happen. It's never happening here. So, um, you know, you, again, I can always tell people, you could have been born a UConn football fan. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it, that could that could have easily happened. Like so, you know, and from Connecticut, why you got to do him like that, man? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that could have easily happened for somebody, you know. So at the end of the day, you know, there's a lot of people who will wish to have the past six, seven years that Kentucky has had in the conference that they're in. I was so gonna say yeah. we can, we can, we can hypothetically place Kentucky in the ACC, and maybe they have an ACC championship or two. Oh. Uh, you know, or three. So, you know, it's just it's just one of those things, man. To where, you know, we're, it, like I said, this this is like the G League of the of the NFL. So it's tough to it's tough to get to nine and ten wins. But uh, I think I think they're doing a good job. You know, everybody wanting to win ten games and win more, of course. But dude, like, look at the schedule, man. At the end of the day, is it's, it's a beast. Yeah. Yeah. And the expect, like you said, the expectations of this program, well, I wouldn't say, I guess expectations, but tend to do it. This place is really, really tough. And I'm not trying to give Mark Stoops and his staff a cop out. You know, the games like South, they got to stop losing those one game a year where it's like, how do you lose to that team? Where this yeah. year it was South Carolina. Last year it was Vandy. Like you got to, even the year before that, losing it in Starkville to that Mississippi State team that wasn't very good. Um they got to stop having that yearly clunker. I think that would go a long way in kind of getting the fans off the back a little bit. But I mean, if they had gone eight and four and their losses were to Missouri, who, what are they, number nine going into the Cotton Bowl? Uh, Georgia, obviously, Georgia, Alabama going to the playoff. And then uh, Tennessee, you know, that one would drive you nuts. But until you beat them, I think everyone's kind of at this point accepted they kind of own you right now. I, I think this season would be looked at a lot differently. And there'd be a lot of hype because they cleaned up in the portal. They really did. We talked about it last week about just how impressive. It's not the largest haul in the world, but the guys they got, I think, 
you know, Bo Allen will be a backup quarterback. No, I'm not trying to signal him out, but I think they got six guys who are going to be impact players. I think five of which will be impact players next season. Um, so they, you know, things are actually going in a pretty good direction. Um, and if they're able to get this win and get to eight and have all that momentum going into next year where the schedule is tough, I, I don't think they have the worst schedule in the SEC. Like I think Auburn being at home, you got to start winning at home. That's another one that's killed them the last two years. But, you know, the, on paper, the Auburn game's not down there. That's a really t- tough place to play. Ask Alabama struggles every time, no matter how good they are. Um, you know, Ole Miss is a tough one. Texas is a tough one. Um, and then obviously Georgia. But outside of that, like, I think, and even Ole Miss, maybe, I think they have a chance to win every game. Not to say they will, but they think they have a chance. So mm-hmm. well, actually some pretty positive momentum that's building right now. And if they're able to go out and get this win on Friday, it would go a long way toward more people kind of seeing that. And you mentioned what uh, six games. You talk about being perfect in college football virtually. You have to be every Saturday. Uh, you know, you lose six games in the NFL. Now with the extra game, that still means you won 11. You know, like 11 and six, you're like, hey, man, it's good season. You went to the playoffs, to probably win your division. You know, you, you win several divisions. I mean, you you win the yeah. AFC South. You win the NFC South. You, you know, be contending in most of the others, you know, except for Baltimore. I mean, you still be you be on Baltimore's heels. So, you know, it's, it's just the difference. You know, six losses sure. and you're still, you know, a, a Super Bowl contender in the NFL. It's crazy. Yeah, it's a massive difference. And uh, look, Hill, again, I, the fans have every right to want more, and especially the two things that I think Kentucky really needs to get off their back to take the next step are, like I said, the clunkers, and they got to start winning these games at home. Um, they haven't won enough games, SEC games at home the last two years. But um, I do think, again, if they can win on Friday uh, with some of the things they've done so far this offseason, I think, I think there is a lot of momentum going into this new – era of college football that that really starts next year with the 12 team playoff and then the uh expanded sec and all these expanded conferences it was cool seeing you know, josh allen luke fortner stop by and, and see the team you know they were just here and you know, helping win 10 games and you know helping raise expectations and helping you know the team get to new perceptions in a lot of people's minds and you know they're doing a thing with the Jaguars now and you know cool to see them stop by uh it was interesting to hear you know Eli Cox talk about you know what it meant you know when they were here and you know seeing the hard work pay off and and them doing it at the next level and having success no no doubt Josh Allen man he's not gonna win defensive player of the year but he's he's gotta be in that top 10 I mean he's having an amazing year and a contract year and he's about to be a even richer man than he already is and then luke fortner was a day one starter uh obviously and is going to what his third year is he in his third year right now second year as a starter so i want to say uh 2022 okay so second year starter um so uh, obviously they got the divisional round last year i know they're struggling a little bit right now we'll see if they can get into the playoffs here but uh yeah i think that's always really cool and uh it's important i think it's big for uh especially the young players on the team that um maybe are considering transferring still because they're as you see now the portal's starting to heat back up because the bowl games are ending and 
guys are seeing they're not getting much time or whatever. And I think that's important to kind of have a vision. Um, and those two guys present that. Absolutely. Um, yeah. You know, you know, I, it's always good to see that. And, you know, like you said, the portal is one thing, um, but just, you know, a lot of those guys just, you know, they need inspiration. Um, yeah. And when you see it, you know, it, it helps to be around it. Um, you know, because, you know, you push some guys to work harder and you, and that's why you get teams like, um, and I noticed, you know, maybe because I just watch them more than most schools outside of Kentucky, but I, Alabama, I noticed that they always have a ton of guys back on the sideline during games. Yeah. Uh, more than anybody I've ever seen, you know, every Saturday. So that's a big deal for a team. You know, you know, 19-year-old freshman or sophomore to be able to see that. Um, you know, if they can touch it, they can see it. It's close to them. They, you know, they can they can kind of see it. They see it and, and can see the vision and see where it can go. Uh, so that's always important. I think that's the most important thing about it because um, you push guys to kind of, you know, work harder. You push guys to want more, um, you know, so that's always that's always a big deal. So especially those two, man, you know, they, they – they, had you know had great careers at Kentucky. Um Josh Allen probably, you know, probably the best ever at that position. Um, you know, when in his time in Lexington. So yeah, he is you know, like yeah. I said, for uh, a young player playing his position to be able to see that, uh and see what he's doing on Sunday. I mean that's just that's what you that's what you want. That's what you you know you want to keep around the program. Josh Allen and Art Steele is gonna be the the, the main two Forever, as far as you know, Kentucky defensive players. Yeah, you know, uh, the I think those head. guys are probably top five, maybe ten in the program. Oh, just it, it's tough to rank players because everyone plays different positions. But you're talking about two of the top ten to five best players in the programs ever had. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure, definitely. So, uh, and to see, you know, Josh come through and do do what he did, you know, in that that magical season. You know, you know, 17 sacks. Yeah. And I've never seen them. We, none of us have ever seen them win nine in a regular season in our lifetime, you know, because in oh. you know, 1977, you know, 10 and one team. That's all you, you know, Derek Ramsey's coming in and speaking to the team, you know, the quarterback from that squad. So for them to do that, you know, and, and put it all together, uh, I was re watching it had the uh, SEC. In the history of the South, it was the eight-part series, ten-part series of football in the South and the SEC. Part eight was replaying on ESPNU, and, you know, it just goes through. I think they break it down by decade or something like that. But it was the 2018, that's what they were focusing on with, you know, the turnaround and, you know, Josh Allen and all that was on last night. And, you know, Kentucky made great strides under Mark Stoops and the, the documentary perspective. And it, it was just cool to see that again. You know, I watched it when it first came out. And, you know, cool to see that again. And, you know, they, they continue to try to sustain that and build on, you know, what's been happening these past few years for sure. No doubt about it. Oh, uh, what else stands out to y'all between now and Friday at noon? Yeah, I would say this is a big game for, you know, for Devin Leary, obviously, you know, last college game and, you know, chance to maybe do something with his draft stock, maybe sneak into the third round. But 
or third day rather. But um, the, the it's a huge game, I think, for Dane Key and Barry on Brown specifically. Man, Clemson is down. I think they're at five and six on their cornerback depth chart. Two true freshmen starting outside. You know, uh, their top cover corner, Nate Wiggins, opted out. He's going to the draft. He's going to be a day one pick. Um, they have uh, there's one of their um, one of their. I don't know if he was a nickel guy or like their third corner. He transferred. He's going to Missouri. Um, he's not going to be in the game. Then their number one safety uh, uh, transferred. He's going to Texas. He's not playing. So. They're decimated in the secondary. Dabo Sweeney was talking uh, a few weeks ago about how he's drafting guys to play corner. And I list, I went through and looked at the guys he was talking about, wide receiver, tight end, running back, and some of them are walk-ons. So they're really, really short in that secondary. This needs to be a game where, you know, I think Dane Key played a lot better in the second half of the season. I think Barry on Brown, there were spurts where he was the guy that, you know, everyone was dreaming of after his freshman year. But overall, he definitely didn't have the year – I don't think anyone wanted to see. Uh, it was a little bit of a sophomore slump, if you will. But this is an opportunity against what's going to be a really, really decimated cornerback uh, room and secondary to go and kind of finish on a strong note and build momentum going into your junior year. And obviously that could be your last college year if things go right and scouts are impressed. So um, that's what I'm looking for on, on Friday. And, um, you know, I heard today that, from some people that were down there that Barryon had a really good practice, but you know, these practices are a little, they're very walkthrough-ish. There's not that much live or anything going on crazy. So we'll see what happens, but I think that's the main thing I'm looking for Friday, man. Those receivers, um, they were put on watch a little bit, right? New wide receivers coach coming in probably because that room underperformed a little bit this year. Um, uh, guys being added to that room, Jamori Macklin, Raymond Cottrell, they may not even be done adding, I don't think. So th- this is a big opportunity for Dane Key and Barry on Brown to uh, c- put a put a bow on their sophomore year and do it in a positive way. Yeah, you and me both, man. I got, I got to, you know, I got to see some 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 work at receiver. Yeah. You know, when, when the team talking about drafting guys to play corner, uh, you're probably going to get a watered down scheme. Uh, you're going to get watered-down talent, most likely. He even admitted they would have a watered-down scheme, by the way. (laughs) Say what? He admitted they're going to have a watered-down scheme. He's like, it's either cover one, two, or three. You figure it out. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) you you have to. With those situations, um, they are in dire need of some some people who can flip some hips at at Clemson right now. And you just – I mean, if I'm Liam Cohen, if I'm – you know, you got to convince your boss, man, to like, hey, Let's start the game going after these dudes. Um, yeah. Why not? You know, you got better players than they do at that position. Why, you know, I'm not saying not don't run the ball. I'm saying you throw the ball to run the ball against this type of team. Um, you know, in my opinion, you know, some people no, say right. that's stupid. But, I, you know, if he's saying that in public and I see that the transfer portal and those opt-outs – you know, I, I'm, I am. You got to go right at him and, and let it, let them know from the jump. This is what we're doing. Your receiver's gonna like it. It just, it just, it, it kind of uh, galvanizes your whole team when you're super aggressive. You're attacking guys like that, and it's, and it's really um, intentional who you're trying to attack and the fact that you're attacking. Players love that. Uh, so, I think it's a, it's a good situation. I'm sure. Um, you know, the quarterback was really happy to hear that and, and really, you know, I'm sure he's excited because I'm sure that Liam Cohen is 
going to take advantage of that or try to scheme up to take advantage of that, and that helps the quarterback, um, you know, he get the chance to really air it out, you know. So uh, yeah. why not? You know, last game of the year, you got better players at that position. Let's go. Senior Bowl gets Ray Davis in addition to Andrew Phillips. So they'll be heading down to not Montgomery, but heading down to Mobile Way to participate in that game. So, uh, yep. They just tweeted that out a few minutes ago with yeah. Red Davis expecting right fire. See some blue in that as well as far as participation goes. Yeah, and that's uh that's um obviously the most prestigious of them all. So that's that's great for Ray and obviously Andrew already. And I know this is the first year where those bowl games are going to be taken juniors. So uh, it's going to be an even more of a crowded field and a chance to uh, prove yourself even more. So awesome for Ray. And again, even more awesome that he's playing this game, man. He obviously has proved everything he needs to prove. And uh, I don't think anyone would have been that upset at him uh, if he opted to not play. But, you know, he originally opted to not play, changed his mind, and he's going to be out there, you know, with his team. And uh, that I, I, that's just – he already, already knew how good of a dude Ray Davis was, how, you know, much adversity he's had to overcome. But uh, – that, that just continues to solidify his uh, his standing here. And, uh, you know, he's going to be remembered in a very positive light uh, around Lexington. That's for darn sure. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Yeah. It's the walking thousand-yard season wherever he shows up. <laughs> came here and, you know, embraced it. You know, excited to be here. Y'all did the feature on him in the Cats Falls. Uh, he went out there and – you know, walk to walk, talk to talk, and got the yards and, and you know, did his thing all season long. And coming back for the bowl game, going back to senior bowl. So congratulations to Ray as well. Um, before we hit the uh, NFL, too, we talked about before, uh, Cats got the cards again, but this is one of the most anticlimactic Kentucky Louisville games, and that's because it's Louisville's fault. They are <laughs> And that they're in the position they're in and trying to f- figure out how to dig their way out of the huge trench that they're in. Uh, but you know, they they give to their credit, they came out and, and tried to throw some haymakers, got up five to nothing, and uh, was trading baskets for a minute. You know, yeah. it's, it's 12, it's 14, 14, whatever. But you know, in the blink of an eye. Kentucky hit him with a run, and this is a 20-point game at halftime, just I mean, just that quick. Yeah, as soon as Kentucky went on that run, Louisville kind of laid over. It was kind of, That game was over. And I know – I think Louisville ended up outscoring them, Kentucky, in the second half, so you got to give credit to, you know, that team for them for to continue fighting. They didn't ever yeah. give up completely, but they definitely, you know, they, they definitely lost confidence in any hope of pulling off an upset when uh, Kentucky did go on that run. But, um, yeah, no, it was – you're right. It was a – anticlimactic, depressing kind of depressing from a standpoint of like, it was obviously very unique seeing Kentucky fans kind of take over that place. And I would say that, you know, from being there, the lower bowl was pretty 50, 50, but the upper bowl, it was, uh, it was Lexington up there. It was Mm. crazy. So um, that part of it was, you know, unique and cool, but it is still like you want to see that place. You want to see them, there be a home court advantage in that game. You want to see fans, really into it and believing the whole game on pins and needles. And uh, it just, there wasn't much drama. There wasn't much tension. There was, uh, 
you know, kind of just felt like a, another road game for Kentucky. It didn't feel like it was a big rivalry game or anything like that. So, um, but for Kentucky's perspective, you know, take care of business. Antonio Reeves was fantastic. Obviously, 22 points in the first half. I think yeah. four for four for three in that first half. Finishes with 30. Um, uh, and Reed Shepard had like the quietest double double. Uh, I didn't even realize he had a double double till after I left the arena. That's how quiet it was. You know, 11 and 11 for him. That's yeah. solid he is. And then uh, Trey Mitchell had a double double as well. So Kentucky did what they had to do. Um, they'll obviously get one more little warm up game here on Friday, and then uh, their season really, really gets going next weekend down in Gainesville. And in most years, in in normal years of the rivalry, this game last Thursday at Louisville would have been their first true road game. That's right. It was it was so blue. Their their first true road game won't be until they go to Gainesville to That's start exactly SEC right. play against Florida. So yeah, and that game's already. Uh, Announced as a sellout, no surprise. They're trying to orange it out, and uh, that's a great atmosphere. I was down there last year, and I know Florida wasn't very good last year, but you know they came back in that game, and I think either took the lead or tied it late in the second half, and their fans were were rowdy and getting into it. So now that they have a pretty good team this year, they're definitely a fringe tournament team, maybe even on the right side of the bubble right now. You know that place is going to be rocking, and they haven't beat Kentucky in a long time. They're going to be really motivated to get it done. So uh, that will be a tough one. That will be their first true road game. Um, it's unfortunate what's going on at Louisville. Like I, I honestly, we've talked about it at nauseum. I won't go too far into it, but it is better when they're good for college basketball and definitely for you know the state. Uh, so we'll yeah. see. Uh, we'll see what happens as Louisville football just got. I think that's going to be a 99-yard pick six unless they catch him. So. At least, oh no, they they caught him at the forty, but USC was about to go up by three scores, and that could be a big play for Louisville there. So yeah. at least their football program is doing something good right now. Yeah, and for the state, yeah, like you know, just the economy downtown, yeah. the bars, the hotels. You expect eighteen, twenty thousand people it's not for happen. twenty home games, and that ain't happening. And now. Your business is struggling because your bottom yeah. line is yeah, jacked. Your yeah. bottom line is it ain't you know you you expect this revenue and it ain't happening because people ain't going because they don't want to see this product on the court and and this it affects yeah. it's, a, it's a ripple effect man it's crazy it sure is. no it's affecting a lot of quality people and that that sucks it really does and uh, you know I know they're rolling with KP into the new year I don't. Again, I don't really know how much of it. I think the only thing firing him now would do is kind of send a message to the fans like, hey, it's unacceptable. We're not having it. Um, but other than that, like this teammate turned it around. They're, I think they're more talented than they were last year, but they're not, you know, they're not turning it around dramatically, uh, I don't think. So, you know, if you want to hold off to the end of the year, save some money, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Uh, Kenny is such a good dude. Uh, he was interacting with a lot of the Kentucky media before the game, uh, just being the good dude that he is. So, you know, I hate it for him as a person, but uh, results are results at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. So I know y'all was uh, talking about that Russell Wilson thing before we started recording. So uh saw where he is now benched for the last two games of the season after they uh, lost to New England. At home, if I'm not mistaken, which basically, you know, burning up their chances of making to the playoffs. 
Yeah, I'll let Jalen do the go go in on it. I'll just say it seems from the report there from Jordan Schultz about what's going on with this injury clause or whatever that this has been something that's kind of been brewing and then the Broncos got on a roll and you couldn't really justify it. And, you know, now here it is again. And it's very similar to what happened to Derek Carr last year. And it happens to be the same guy, Jared Sidham, who's in the middle of it coming in to play quarterback there. Kentucky native Jared Siddham. So uh, probably a crappy thing, you know, not crappy that it gets to play, but he's probably in a tough spot, you know, relationship wise. And I'll let Jalen take it from here. <laughs> yeah. You know, side note, you know, another quarterback who started at NC state and transferred to college. So uh, Russell Wilson, you know, so uh, yeah, that's right. But yeah, but I, I you know, you know, I, I think, I think the dude is like, he's like the, the ultimate pro when it comes to just handling adversity and things like that. You know, he's, you know, you can tell that he tried to stay positive and almost to a fault um, because I watched the Dallas, I watched the Detroit game a couple weeks ago and I've never seen a pro quarterback get, you know, kind of just dug into like that from his head coach on the sideline. I don't know. Did y'all see that? Mm-mm. I mean, that, I've never seen that happen, um, especially a Super Bowl winning quarterback. So, yeah. you know, that that was really uh, – I mean, they've been making it known that they didn't want Russell Wilson to be the quarterback for a while now. You know, uh, Sean Payton going out into the media multiple times this year and saying things that you just don't say about your quarterback. I don't care if it was literally – you just don't say it in public. Um, so, you know, that that, that was an issue. Uh, let alone the stuff that we don't know that goes on every day in the building. Um, but the stuff that we do see or the things that we see, you know, in the media, it's just bad, man. It's just, you know, and what Sean Payton came out today and said was just, come on, man. Like, you know, you have to, you have to have more respect for a guy than that. You know, that's, that's where that's the issue for me. You got to have more respect for somebody than, than that, than you do for that guy. Um, there's no way you do that. There's no way you come out and say the things that you said to the media um, about the situation. You know, you got to just don't say anything or, or you know, whatever. But, you know, if I'm a player in that locker room, you've lost me, man. I just – I don't know how I can trust a guy who has been shown to be untrustworthy over and over and over this year. Um, you you know, let alone the stuff that you're saying about the quarterback in public, but – yeah, the stuff that you you have done now, uh, you know, it's it's, it's in the books. It's, it's it's signed, sealed, delivered. You know, you're an untrustworthy guy. Uh, so that you know, they have you know receipts, as they would say, to say that you know this guy. We don't want this guy to be our head coach. I'm sure some of those guys feel that way, but you know, we all know how it goes. You know, a check is being written out, um, and they don't really you know, speak their mind like they probably want to because they know the repercussions behind it. So, um, you know, that that's an issue, but I just think it's just bad. It's just, it's just, it's just bad business, man. It's just dirty work. Um, you know, you don't want to see anybody, let alone a guy who a Super Bowl champ who, you know, who's playing well at the time. Um, you know, he's been playing well. I even watched the, the, the Detroit game where they kind of got beat bad. 
And, you know, they kept talking about Russ and, and Russ and, and, and the media. I'm like, well, every time Detroit hand the ball off, the running back's not getting touched to these eight yards downfield. Um, so we could talk about the offense all we want to. Maybe you should look at Sean Payton and say, hey, let's toughen up the defense. Um, you know, rather, rather than yelling at your quarterback on the sideline, you know, and, and not I'm, – I'm cool with coaching and being coached hard, but the way he did it, man, it's just – it was, you know, kind of – it was just tasteless, um, you know, on the sideline. So I, I lost a lot of respect. I'm a big, I'm a big, you know, um, fan of coaching. I'm a big fan of a lot of coaches. You know, I learned from a lot of coaches, and I learned a great deal from Sean Payton. Schematically, I haven't been around, but just his scheme. Um, but I, I today, I, I mean, I lost some respect for a guy, um, just in the media. Obviously, I don't know him personally, but sure. you know, I just. I just could never sleep with myself knowing that I've done a guy like that in the media. Um, I can't even look myself in the mirror knowing that. So, you know, it, it, it's a shame because you don't want to see that. But, you know, as we always say, at the end of the day, it's about the bottom line. It's a business. Um, you know, it's perception. They don't, you know, they obviously want a different face. Um, so, you know, kind of is what it is. It just sucks that it happened to a guy that, that has – accomplish what he's accomplished you know if this was desmond ritter then nobody would really give a damn uh but you know to <laughs> be honest with you but it's it, we, we, talk, we talking about a guy who should have two super bowls two yeah he's a he's a terrible weird call away from having two so um right. you know it's just it's just the whole situation is just weird to me 3,070 yards, 26 touchdowns, eight interceptions, 98 passer rating, which ranks seventh among qualified quarterbacks. Yeah, he's a, he's ahead of some of you, uh, you know, you people's favorite quarterbacks right now in a lot of categories. Um, yeah. And, and this has happened. So, you know, it, it's just, you know, like I said, I, I just don't like it. And I'm not an NFL watcher. I don't watch, y'all know, I don't watch a lot of NFL ball. I don't even know who's leading in divisions. I don't know anything. I don't know who's, you know, I, I don't watch it um, unless it's just happened to be on TV on Christmas or Thanksgiving. I don't really watch it, but you know, you know, I just, it just caught my eye, you know, scrolling on social media and just saying, cause everybody's talking about it. You know, you got Russell Wilson talking about it, not Russell Wilson, but uh, RG3, Robert Griffin, the third, he's, you know, making, everybody's doing their podcast. Everybody has a podcast nowadays yeah. uh, and they're talking about it. Um, and I, it just, you know, I had to really look into it because I usually don't care. So I looked into it and started reading on it, and I'm like, man, that's, you know, that's, that's pretty bad. Um, I haven't seen that done to a quarterback of his caliber in my lifetime. So, um, you know, it's just not good. Yeah, and then there was the comment about, you know, I can't replace five offensive linemen, five or all my all my receivers, just clearly blaming their issues on one guy. And yeah, I mean, I, I can't say I've watched the Broncos too much this year. Watched them a lot last year because it felt like they were on prime time every week uh, early in the season last year. And obviously, Russ was playing some of the worst football in his career. But from what I saw this year, which would have been their win in Buffalo, which Buffalo is obviously a really good team going to the playoffs again. Um, I just watched him against New England. And he didn't have a great start. He led them on a comeback to almost, you know, get that game back. A game obviously they should have won, but still, um, you know, almost led them back. Like he looked like an improved quarterback. And I saw, um, I'm going to pull this up right quick like, to put a bow kind of on this, where he, he went in and liked to tweet. Uh, 
is it still liked? Uh, he might have unliked. Oh, no, it's still here. Russell Wilson getting benched. His numbers this year, passing touchdowns 26 on eight interceptions, uh, 6.9 yards per attempt, three rushing touchdowns. And then Patrick Mahomes, same amount of touchdowns, 26, interceptions 14. That's a lot more. Average yards per attempt, 6.9, the same sense. Rushing touchdowns, zero. So, look, he's having a better year than the best quarterback in the NFL. Uh, I know, you know, the Chiefs are bad or offensively not as good as they usually are this year. Patrick Mahomes, I still think, is the best quarterback on the planet right now. And statistically, he's having a better year than him. So, you know, this is a a pretty messed up situation going on. Jared Stidham has two starts in five years. Uh, Lost both of them. Threw for 656 yards, four touchdowns, three interceptions, 89.2 passing rating. And – so to Sean Payton, we need a spark. We need something right now. This is the spark you need. We'll handle the long term when we get there. So clearly he's not the long term, but he's supposedly a spark with replacing a guy who's top 10 in pass rating and all that kind of stuff. That'll yeah. make it make it make sense. I hate it for and I hate it for him because he shouldn't have for Jared Sidham too. Because again, he went through yeah. the same thing last year. Like yeah. this has happened with Derek Carr and the Raiders. And Josh McDaniels did the same thing. Well, oh, we need Jared Sidham for a spark. Like this poor guy, like he's just a backup quarterback. He's probably excited to play, but it's under these crappy circumstances and uh just just a mess, man. It it, it would be I still don't think Russell's having a year that justifies a benching by any means, but it would be one thing if Denver was one, they're not even, they're not going to make the playoffs, but they're not even officially eliminated yet. Like right. if they would have went out and things broke, right. They'd be in the playoffs still. Yeah. You have that factor. So there'd be one thing where they were eliminated. If he was battling maybe through an injury and also um, if you had a rookie or something, like if you had just in the fourth round, you wanted to see what you got. I, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't kill them for that. You know, I remember when the giants, Right. Uh, back in 2017 when they were like two and nine and Ben McAdoo benched Eli Manning and everyone was like, oh, okay, well, you have Davis Webb who you drafted in the third round. You're benching him for him, right? No, they benched him for Geno Smith, who at the time was a proven bad quarterback. He's obviously since, you know, gotten his career on track and he's a quality starter. But at that time, everyone kind of knew and he knew what Geno Smith was. And, you know, not surprisingly, the Giants lost that football game and they ended up firing McAdoo uh, the next day and going back to Eli the rest of the year. But uh, you would have been able to justify it if he started the rookie. Uh, this one, you know, sit him again, feel bad for him, but proven guy. He's a backup quarterback at best in the NFL. Like we know who he is at this point. Yeah. Um, that's it, just wrong all the way around. And like you said, Jalen, I wouldn't be surprised if there are some guys uh, in that Broncos locker room that uh, Sean Payton's lost, if not all of them. Yeah. It, 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 and, you know, kind of wrap it up. I just kind of look at it from different perspectives. And like you said, it, you kind of feel sorry for Stidham because he's been thrown into a situation like this again <laughs> where you got to look at the guy that you just replaced every day. And you know at the end of the day that you don't deserve the position. Like, Correct. you don't deserve to be the starter. And that's tough in itself. And then you feel sorry for Stidham from the standpoint of his receivers aren't really going to be, you know, I mean, I, yeah, you know right. how it is, man. You know how it is. Like, they they like, what? Like, what? No, man, I'm not. You know, Russ is our guy. You know, Russ is the guy. So, um it's just, it's just, <laughs> it's just bad all the way around. It, it, like I said, it's just bad business, man. It, it really is. It's a, it's uh 
you know, I, I, I don't know. Like I said, I don't, I don't know how they function. Uh, you know, the rest, of the last two two games or whatever it is. <laughs> you know, I I wouldn't be shocked if they lose both. Uh, so you know, like I said, it, it is what it is. But it's just a, it's a debacle to say the least. Stidham, Stidham is you know he's like man I don't I don't wish injury on anybody but can I become the starter in a traditional fashion with the starter getting hurt yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. I don't want him to get hurt but can I can I be the number one due to injury instead of drama and <laughs> being a spark when yes. I'm not and, yeah. I, and everybody go you know he get in the game he throw a pick or he make a bad decision they like see see look. You know, it's just it's a bad position to be in they in front of the world. Like, yeah. do they have any other quarterback on the roster that can like you can justify it? I'm gonna look right now if they have like a rookie or second year guy. They gotta have somebody else. Let's see. Yeah. Okay, uh, yeah, I don't know the roster. Well no, I'm gonna pull it up right now. Roster. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's just it sucks for Sid. It sucks for everyone involved. That's not Sean Payton. He kind of de- deserves what's coming to him on this one. But uh, for everyone else, man, it's uh, they actually. Oh no, that's injured reserve. They have on practice squad. They had no. They only have two quarterbacks in the entire organization right now. That's oh no, beautiful. there it is. Ben Danucci. There oh, it is. Yeah. Oh yeah. You would know. You know Our that old guy, old cowboy. Yeah. Ben Danucci is their practice squad. Yeah. Unbelievable. Well, well, well. Yeah, it was good to hit on that. Sean Payton, I don't know what you're doing, man. That's, that's, that's weird. That is weird. Weird, weird, weird. Just the whole, the whole Russell in Denver was weird. The whole Hackett the first year, and everybody's mad because he got his own office and his own whatever, and now you go from that to this. It's just, wow. You know, just a – a bad marriage. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> and, you know, everyone's gonna obviously now kill Denver, Denver for that trade, and you know, Andrew. rightfully so. Uh, it, it's just gonna go down in history as one of those big failures. And uh, you know, you kind of feel bad. I, I do think Russ did a lot to to re kind of get his legacy back this year. You know, yeah. obviously after last year, there was a lot of what, like you said, Vinny, with that separate office thing. And then just not playing well at all. There was a lot of Russell Wilson hate out there, and he played pretty damn well. I mean, this team started one in five, and then won what, like five or six in a row? Beat some pretty darn good football teams. Um, you know, they beat they beat Cleveland, who has a great defense. They beat yeah. Buffalo in Buffalo, one of the hardest plays to play in the NFL. Yeah. Um, it's just it's tough, but uh, Denver, man, look at this. That twenty twenty four dead cap if they cut up because they're going to cut them. Um, yeah, thirty-five point four million, forty-nine point six million. Like, eh, just it's crazy, man. Yeah, he probably can't wait for March now. So oh, yeah. fresh and start and just say, yeah. And some teams will call. Like, I wouldn't be yeah. like Atlanta. Maybe you know they're obviously just mentioned Desmond Ritter. Uh, they're a yeah. mess, and they're probably not going to be in position to draft one of those top guys. Um, he'll he'll get a he'll get a shot somewhere. Yeah, yeah, he, he will. He will. Absolutely. Fellas, another good episode. Uh, got the double dip Friday, bowl game, basketball games. That'll be a, a fun weekend for sports. Have fun in Jacksonville. Appreciate it. Forward to recapping everything next week. Yeah. 
Appreciate you uh, hopping on, Jay. Enjoy the family tomorrow, man. No problem, no doubt. All the fun y'all going to have visiting and catching up and everything. So uh, appreciate y'all hopping on Facebook and watching Twitter, YouTube, LinkedIn, wherever y'all checked it out at, threads, all that good stuff. Follow, subscribe, retweet, tell your friends. Uh, jump in here in the comments next time. We'd love to have you. And for Jalen and Aaron, my name is Vinny Hardy. Looking forward to another fun episode next week of Believe in Kentucky, Believe Podcast Network. We'll holler at y'all then. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.